Hello and welcome to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. You're listening to the second episode of the Playable Futures series, which is hosted right here on your GI podcast stream. I'm Will Freeman. I'm a freelance games journalist, do other bits in the games industry, and I've been a long-time GI contributor. And today I'll be speaking about the future of virtual reality with Tommy Palm, founder and CEO at Resolution Games. Now, before we dive into that, in case you missed the first Playable Futures episode of the GI podcast, that came out a couple of weeks ago. There we talked to the United Nations about their vision for where gaming's going in the future. Across the Playable Futures episodes, we're going to be speaking to industry veterans, gaming leaders, creative visionaries, and anyone kind of shaking up games can be. The reason we're speaking to those people is to understand their visions of the medium and the industry and where they're going to go next in the coming years, even in the coming decades. That's essentially what Playable Futures is all about. Very quick nod, there's also a whole series of Playable Futures written articles on gamesindustry.biz with some amazing perspectives from kind of amazing minds in the games industry. So do check those out. And before we start our conversation with Tommy, just wanted to say a really sincere thanks to our project partners on this podcast series, um, Yuki and Diva Agency. Like we've really worked together to make all this possible. With all that out of the way, let's dive into that interview with Tommy. Now, you probably do know Tommy's name as he became very well known for his critical role in making Candy Crush Saga both a tremendous financial success and a kind of icon of popular culture. Actually, in recent years, Tommy's been much more focused on virtual reality through his studio, Resolution Games. What's interesting about Tommy is he's both a serial entrepreneur, but really a kind of games designer that's got his hands dirty making games. So he brings this understanding of both the kind of practical and financial opportunities and challenges that VR brings. And also through all that work, he's got a deeply informed vision of kind of where VR is going, particularly kind of where VR is going now. It's perhaps free from some of the hype of previous years. So let me whisk you back to the noisy, chaotic halls of Gamescom, where I grabbed some time with the always enthusiastic Tommy. Definitely quite noisy, but consider that the energy of the games industry in the moment. Let's go. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us at Gamescom for the, this episode of the Playable Futures podcast. Um, yeah, it, first of all, it would just be great to hear like how this Gamescom's been for you, what you've seen that might excite, have excited you, or how Gamescom's left you feeling other than tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy to be back in personal meetings again. Like, it's been a really special time with COVID when you know I think we all rather tired of the Zoom meetings mm-hmm. uh, so in that sense it's really great to be back and see familiar faces again and, uh, we have a booth here uh, where we show consumers our new game which is exciting as well and, and, and it's fun and good timing with the launch of that game so 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 it's my first time actually having a consumer stand for any game like that. Oh wow! Yeah. Despite all your time in the industry, it's yeah. your first. And go on, you can you know we don't we, we don't need to only talk about the game, but let's hear a little bit about the game. What what is the new game? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's called Ultimax, and it's a, it's a kind of new sports game, uh, similar a little bit to Rocket League. We have a ball, but here you have mechs that punch it and try to right. win. <laughs> so it's, it's very easy to get into and, and, and 
I know VR title. VR title, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so let's let's talk about VR. You know, something that strikes me is we had the kind of hype experience. There was the Oculus launch. Obviously, I do a bit of video games journalism. Journalists got very excited. There was maybe you know well-intended enthusiasm and a bit of over-promising or consumer expectation was high. I feel is it fair to say we're now slightly free of that? part of the VR cycle and able for it to become a more standard normal part of the, the game's medium and industry. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I think we're at least at a point where there is kind of more than 10 million headsets in the market, so it's uh, at an inflection point where there's likely that you have a friend in VR and so you have somebody to play with which makes it much more social and enjoyable in, in general which I think will have an impact on growth so uh, yeah like in Sweden it uh, VR was nominated a Christmas present of the year in 2016 which I think was way too early obviously like the hardware wasn't there and the software was absolutely not there so but now I think there is really quality titles that people enjoy for a long period of time and and one of the really awesome things with VR is that it for me it solves one of the big problems with games that input's been rather static it's been like buttons and little joysticks for kind of 20 30 years almost uh, and you want more intricate interaction with your games like visually they are stunning but it's still like press a single button to pay respect to your head comrade or something like that in VR at least you have your hands and to some extent, we're getting eye tracking and yeah. and the voice and all yeah, of these things. Yeah, yeah, right. There is, however wonderful and engaging and engrossing the best games are, there's this kind of layer of abstraction or removal that you've got a controller in your hand, right? And I guess that continues to be a profound strength of virtual reality. Yeah. I no, mean, I think one of the things that really excited me about mobile games in the beginning was the, the touchscreen, which enabled direct control. And you could see it so clearly if you have small children, some of the games they can play directly because they, they touch the object they want to move and they swipe it with a finger. It's so incredibly intuitive. And we have a little bit of that going on with VR when you have when you can see your hands. Right. And I guess, you know, one of the exciting things about the growth of the game's medium is not that it's just growing in size, it's growing in breadth and variety, the number of different types of game, different types of audience. Do you feel VR, in, in terms of the element we're talking about here, about it kind of being more accessible, more immediate, how important do you think VR might be to games in general growing in size and variety? Well, first of all, I think it's it's kind of a two-edged sword. I think, yes, VR, when you're in VR, it can be really accessible and, and, and can be intuitive. But putting the headset on, and these things are very hardcore, right? And a lot of people don't really want to do it. Like it's it's very intrusive, and it's it's like a face hugger that you have put on. So, I mean, it, it's gonna have a natural resistance for a while. But I definitely think that there is some very very exciting things. And from from my point of view as a game designer, I like it. It feels like the big next natural step for games where you're really inside the games and if you're there with a friend 
it becomes amazing because even if you're far away in the real world, it feels like you're just next to each other and you're exploring something together. And it's, uh, it's really, can be a wonderful experience. Do you think the kind of future of VR hardware might solve some of the, I mean, it's tricky, right? You're always going to need to put yourself into something virtual reality. But how important is kind of the future of consumer VR hardware to that issue you brought up of kind of the accessibility where at the same time you're having to strap yourself into something? Yeah, no, I think one of the like obvious things, it has to be comfortable at least, mm-hmm. right? You, you want... Uh, small things like balance in the headset so it doesn't lean too much on your nose or in your face and and those smaller things make a huge difference i don't think i don't foresee a near future when it will be comfortable really right. but but the experience can be so uh, huge so you don't mind right like uh right. going into roller coaster is not comfortable either yeah, but yeah, it, you have a, to line up and yeah, a lot of things yeah. but but it can be really transformative and then like something you go away with feeling like wow you feel alive and and we can have a lot of that in virtual reality for me looking at the kind of evolution let's say this generate the post oculus generation of virtual reality has been game designers game developers kind of going through this shared learning experience of how to make games that are comfortable, fun, that work in this, is it a new medium or not? Maybe not, but how do you feel like, are we there with that journey? Do game developers still have a long way to go with kind of developing a shared understanding of making games for this unique display? Yeah, I think we're absolutely still in the early days of it takes a long time to develop great software, and you, you see that so clearly with the uh, with the console generations, right? In the beginning, the launch titles are rarely the really transformative stuff. Uh, it takes a while for developers to figure out how to optimize for the system, and and that is bigger now than ever because a lot of things are completely new. Like locomotion is a big thing. How do you how do you move around without it being uncomfortable and nauseous-inducing? But I guess as a I get the sense that game designers have a kind of love-hate relationship with problems <laughs> and challenges, right? That must still be kind of, the, from a design game development perspective, that must be yeah, part of the pleasure, right? Part of the work, yeah, absolutely. Like that, that's what you, you try to optimize for the system you have as much as possible and, and try to understand how the brain <laughs> reacts to different things, really. Right, okay. And I get, you know, you've spent a long time with virtual reality now it's been part of your kind of the main focus of your professional life for many years what gives you faith that VR is going to continue to kind of grow and become more like you know what well one of the things that drew me to VR in the uh, in the first place seven and a half years ago uh, was that we always felt that VR and AR is tightly related. Uh, and AR is this uh, this idea that you will see the reality around you and then you can have virtual objects come into your visual field and they could also take over and then you will be in VR again. So so it's like not it's a very blurry line between VR, AR, MR, <laughs> whatever people call it. Um, but that's a very exciting factor because I think there's a lot of... Right now, we're in a situation where people are staring at their little screens on their phones a lot. Uh, 
And with this new technology, there is potential of, of being able to give you the information that you need less intrusively and more like an assistant that can kind of right. help you out with, okay, this this means this, or, or this is the things that you need to uh, be aware of right now, the car coming from fast from the yeah. side or whatever it could be, the, the situation. So that's part of my excitement uh, that virtual reality is, is great for games, but the, this uh, augmented reality and, and XR is something bigger, way bigger. It can be uh, something that really helps accelerate mankind uh, like computers and smartphone has. Right. Yeah, um, sure. So uh, some people have said that it's the next big like computing paradigm shift. Right. And that's how I, I look at it. I'm, I'm an engineer yeah, and yeah. I'm a little bit nerdy when it comes to these things. But, but uh, that excites me a lot. And, you know, I mean, it, thinking of AR in that way is a kind of tool to augment our interaction with the real world. I guess, you know, there's some hugely exciting potential for games there, right? Do you see games crossing over with non how, how might you see games fitting into that sort of world that the slightly nerdy engineer is excited about? Uh, I think it's it's a very, very fascinating space to play around with, uh, especially when you have this kind of mix between reality and, and uh, fiction. Uh, and sometimes if you do your visual effects really great, it's, it's hard for uh, the person experiencing it to even differentiate what is a real object and what isn't. Right. And that is something that is very, very powerful and, and, and can be exciting, could be abused as well, but, but uh, that's not the business I'm in at least. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, we're, sure. we're uh, creating fantastic, uh, Experience that people really wanna wanna try out and, and have their mind blown a little bit, right? Yeah, and I guess what you, what you mentioned there about you know the system being open to being abused in some ways, I guess that's going to be a fairly important part of the. I'm not saying for Tommy Palmer resolution specifically, but I presume that keeping an eye on that, taking responsibility with that side of things, is going to be an important part of bringing the positive side. Of it into our lives. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with internet, right? It's, it's abused in many, many ways. And then the, there's a lot of cyber crime that was unthinkable before the internet. But for most, mostly, 95% uh, of it is this fantastic thing that's really accelerating mankind. Uh, you know, going back, I guess, uh, VR, and we can talk about the kind of wider AR, XR, MR, VR spectrum. Mm -hmm. But what about kind of other technological trends coming, be it, you know, I guess what you were talking about with AR there, I was about to mention something else. Speaking of hype, the metaverse. We've also got concepts like Web3 approaching. Do you, other, whether it's the metaverse, Web3 or something else, do you see other parallel trends in games and technology being important to the future of VR or having profound potential? Uh, well, one of the things that is very exciting for us at Resolution is this, uh, it's kind of related to the metaverse a little bit. So we, we, uh, we have an, uh, an approach we call the Tinyverse, which mm -hmm. is, is a, like a little plugin that we made where 
there is basically a, a lobby for games where you can just hang out with people. So for our, we have a role-playing game called Dimio, and there we just added like miniature painting. Just sit around with other people and paint a little bit. And it's a very, very simple thing in many ways, but it's also so fun and, and interesting. And you, it feels like teleporting back to art class when right. you were a kid. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of experiences that isn't really games necessarily that people are going to find really meaningful and, and a great way of just hanging out or, or not feeling alone. Right, yeah. For instance, yeah. which could be really important if you're a bit younger, for instance, you yeah, have yeah. so many friends. Or... I, I love that concept of the tiny verse as well, right? Because actually, you know, I'm very, I hope I'm very open minded to technology and technological experiences and throwing myself into things. But the idea of the metaverse for a consumer is quite intimidating, right? That's a big step. Of course, it will, it, if and when it comes, it will probably come gradually rather than one day I step into it and never come out. But <laughs> yeah, what are the, I'd love to hear more about the Tinyverse, like the strengths of that, why you, I guess why Resolution went with that and why you think it could be a, an interesting or positive way forward the Metaverse concept. Yeah, that's, that's the way yes, I've been uh, approaching, th- like people tend to really, uh, you know, go for a game that it tests the game out. That's that's why you download something. You want oh, this is something that interests me, and then you, you get more interested in, and you want to hang out with like-minded people. Whereas I think a lot of the metaverse approaches has been the opposite. That has been a CEO saying like, "Oh, that would be great to own this <laughs> part of the universe," and then they create it from like this huge idea of that it would be great if people were in their space, a little bit like so some social media uh, giants have, have really like wanted to, to get people to hang out there. But I think it, for me, it's more natural that we'd start from something like Minecraft or Roblox, where there's like a pool of something that you can see yourself doing, and then you all of a sudden get your friends there. Yeah. You know? There's a saying like people come for the game and stay in the, for the community, and uh, that uh, I think is a very good uh, statement. And I guess that goes back to that strength of VR. I've heard the term telepresence, but that you can bring people together more meaningfully than perhaps. You know, it's great fun for me to sit and play an online game on a flat screen, and I know a friend on the other side of the world is playing. But does that remain a core appeal of VR? That bringing people together in what feels like a more meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see that it's so clear for we, the, this game demo that I mentioned that we did that's a little bit role-playing-like. We have released it so it's it's cross-platform between VR and flat screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the idea from the beginning, but it's really great to test it now and see how different it is. Like, I would never have expected me to feel... To, to really be able to see the difference so clearly. When you are in VR, you don't think about it as VR. You just feel like you have this magic board game and you play with your friends. But on PC game, it's always a PC game. It's like you're looking into that screen and you know that you're playing a game in a, in a completely different way. You kind of forget that when you're in VR a little bit. And it's... Uh... Yeah, sure. That's really interesting. And kind of looking further ahead, what's kind of 
resolutions, I guess longer term hopes for VR. I guess one version is every console and PC has a VR headset plugged into it. That would be great. But is that is that the ideal, or is there something more kind of resolutions, hopes, what VR with regard to games could become? I think we're a lot focusing on on trying to build great IP and and taking risks and being creative is, is a, a core driving force. Uh, I, I think that there is a lot of uh, narrative things that is unexplored that I would love to do more with. Uh, it's we, we dabbled a little bit with that, but it hasn't been a core focus in our games yet, partially because the, the that the VR community has been smaller and, and you haven't had that uh, those type of budgets. Now the budgets are getting bigger and we we are allowing ourselves to add more experts in the field of narrative and characters and animation and all that stuff that really makes it feel like a rich console next-gen experience. And so that's, that's something that we are extremely excited about and, and, and have a, a really cool pipeline <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. with games coming. That I mean, I guess that's one of the most exciting things as a, you know, I'm in love with game design, but I'm a consumer of games ultimately. And seeing new genres, new forms emerge. Was it an early VR Lucky's Tale with the idea of a kind of diorama platform game you stood mm-hmm. over? Do you see that there's still lots of opportunity for discovery and unearthing new genres and genres that haven't existed? Absolutely, for sure. Like, uh, that's... Also, coming back to Demio, I think for us, Demio clearly showed that the, the board board game genre is going to be really huge in, in VR and in AR. Uh, if done correctly, there's like a lot of uh, depth and, and sense of even strengthening like the board game experience and then adding things to like, it's great to play uh, board games with your friends when you're at home, but that's a rare thing. Yeah. Uh, so so the, having it online like this is uh, could be incredibly strong. I think just like this, there's tons of other um, experience that also waiting to be discovered like that. Yeah, yeah I've been trying to play a board game with my, the people that live two doors down from me for weeks and it still hasn't happened. But yeah, maybe if we put a VR headset on, we'd still manage. And I get, you know, Resolution and yourself, you're obviously committed to VR. You know, what where do you just I, I guess I do mean with in terms of gaming but what gives you faith this continued growth and how how far do you see it going could VR become as every day as a console um, I absolutely think so in the in the long term uh, because of this uh, parallel trend with AR that I think is going to be more casually wearable uh, eventually, but still far away, very, very far away when it comes to the AR side of things, right? Uh, um, the, the dream is that we would have very light, regular uh, 50 gram glasses. I'm taking up my glasses here and, and Will has similar. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we're not there yet, but, but uh, we are seeing uh, processing power becoming more and more abundant and, and uh, power consumption lowering uh, in some cases and that's that's very good for, for this type of, of tech. It is an extremely difficult problem to my understanding on the hardware side but 
as a software engineer, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, Somebody yeah. else will magically take care of it. Brilliant. Okay. Well, you know, that's really uh, encouraging. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to be playing more VR experiences because I want to be playing more games of all kinds. And it feels like we've got plenty more ahead of us, right? So, um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. Talking. Always such a pleasure yeah. talking to you, Will. Yeah, yeah, it's thank been a real you. pleasure. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your games, Tom. Thank you very much. And there we have it. Thanks so much to Tommy, not just for his time, but for his energy and enthusiasm and for those fascinating insights on kind of the future of virtual reality within and beyond games. There'll be another Playable Futures episode here on the GI podcast in a couple of weeks. So definitely tune in. You'll get your regular GI podcasts as well. So keep an ear and an eye out for those. And just thanks once again for gamesindustry.biz, UK and Diva Agency for working together and getting me involved and making this podcast possible. I look forward to you joining me again. Thanks.